Hello and welcome to Board Stupid, the podcast that loves talking tabletop board games, D&D and other awesome stuff. I'm Wayne. I'm Simon. I'm Tom. <laughs> Are you still here, Tom? Who am I? Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> We're just nerds talking about the things we love that are worth geeking out over. So, Simon, are you ready? Sure am. Tom, are you ready? I'm not sure. No. <laughs> 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 it's been a long day. Yeah. I've picked my berries and I'm ready to go. Let's dive in to this week's episode. This week, we played Everdell. We played as a series where we talk about an epic board game that we played this week. And this week is the critter-placing, forest-harvesting, event-ranging, woodland-town-building Everdell. In this episode, we're diving into the things we liked and breaking down the elements that make it great. Because at the end of the day, we only play awesome games. And in Everdell, the gears of your woodland critter industrial engine are beginning to grind. That's a good one. I quite like that. Very nice. Within the charming valley of Everdell, beneath the boughs of towering trees, among meandering streams and mossy hollows, a civilization of forest critters is thriving and expanding. From Everfrost to Bellsong, many a year have come and gone, but the time has come for new territories to be settled and new cities to be established. You will be the leader of a group of critters intent on just such a task. There are buildings to construct, lively characters to meet, events to host. You have a busy year ahead. Will the sun shine brightest on your city before the winter moon rises? Everdell plays one to four players, is designed by James Wilson, and is published by Starling Games. Let's start with the components and art design. Simon. What another very, very pretty game to look at. Mm. An interesting round main board with an odd shaped cutout yeah. yeah it's quite large it's probably two foot in diameter uh, a lovely picturesque forest scene with a brook running through and at the top of which sits a quite unique cardboard tree which slots together to form a 3d creation yeah. upon which you put some of the tokens cards and critters very fun to look at. It's very um, different, having this sort of big 3D element in the middle of the table. We've actually moved it because uh, we're playing with one of the expansions today. Yeah. And uh, we were running out of space. But if you play with a base game, some of the components actually sit on the tree um, so that they're sort of visible from across the table and they're, they're sort of utilised over the course of the game, which is quite unique. Yeah, I like that 3D element. Yeah, I will 100% echo your sentiments. Simon, it's a very pretty looking game. It has that very uh, sort of wind in the willows kind of... I was going to say an- animals of farthing an- wood. Yeah, farthing yeah. wood. Yeah, yeah, that kind of relaxed, lots of greenery. Again, kind of whimsical forest creatures. Yeah. And, you know... It's, Ro- it's, it's like root, the- root, but without the murder. Yeah, <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> root sans murder. Yeah. It's- Which maybe actually is probably more like regular wooden critters. Yeah. But, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, yeah I'd yeah, even yeah. go so far as to reference Beatrix Potter in its yes. yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of pastoral mm-hmm. fashion. It's with this anthropomorphized 
creatures. You know, you've got a badger that's a shopkeeper, etc., etc. The hedgehog doctor I'm looking at here is just fantastic. A little pair of glasses <laughs> perched on his nose. This is on, uh, you get probably the thickest deck of cards I've ever I think seen. There's a good 200 cards or something just in the base set. There I'd is a phenomenal so, yeah. stack of cards, each one with its specific artwork on it. Yeah, there's not like stock usage. Yeah, there's no there. stats, right? There's it's no stock much... art. Everything is bespoke designed and one beautifully consistent in this own fantasy woodland realm. Yeah, and those cards are split into two main types. You've got your locations and you have your critters. Each of the critters is so wonderfully characterised. Yeah. As I say, the doctor with his little quill and pair of glasses, studying in great detail a blueberry, it seems. <laughs> I like I like the, the husband. You have a husband and a wife that sort of pair together. Yeah. The husband is basically like a little mouse farmer with a pitchfork, and he's standing beside a giant pile of berries, like up to his shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> the, the berries doll. are i mean we're talking about sort of three berries deep and it's up to his shoulders because he's tiny but it's yeah. just like really so, whimsical like you say i did a good job today for yeah. my wife <laughs> uh yeah you've got obviously there's a mole who is obviously the miner the miner is yeah. great with <laughs> a, a tiny little candle glued to his forehead it's it's fantastic i've got the <laughs> the owl here as a shepherd with a little stave with a bell on the end, looking quite uh, comforting. Like, come on, this, yeah. this way, I'll, I'll look after you. I, I'm not sure it's on one of the cards. It probably is somewhere, but um, on the cover of the Belfair expansion that we're using today, there is a turtle, or a tortoise. No, he's a t- uh, tortoise in a in a top hat with a cane. Oh, yeah, the, the, <laughs> the top hat of tortoise is one of my favourites. That is fantastic. Uh, there's also a tortoise as the judge here presiding, and, oh, it's just... It's yeah, great. It's, <laughs> to have to look at a card and immediately gain the character of this woodland creature is very... Yeah. That shows the design of it is very well done. The artist is fantastic, mm. actually. Mm. done a and very good job same, same with the locations, very evocative. So the chapel sits on a, a small uh, raise... Looks quite uh, misty surrounded, whereas the university's got a sculpture of the mouse in the middle of the square looking all regal and knowledgeable. Everything gives this great, wonderful tone, and you've got this, you know, these autumnal, mm. uh, pastel kind of. I, 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 it, it's interesting because you've got these buildings that are obviously sort of evocative of actual human architecture, but then they're all sort of scaled down. So I'm looking at the courthouse, and it's like a little balustraded courthouse. Yep, yep. Except the columns that you know normally might be marble or something like that are twigs, Beautiful. and the the main body of the courthouse is a fallen log, which <laughs> so is very perfect. cool. Yeah, a lovely main central board with various spots on it to place your tokens, mm-hmm. and everyone will have a specific set of wooden woodland meeples. Yeah, again, custom meeples with a very detailed design for what they are effectively a profile i think yeah. i might have unique the, silhouettes the for each of here. the yeah. um the different sort of critter races i think the base game comes with like six different types of critters and then there's a bunch of expansions that add more additional on top of that yeah it's nice it's you know it's not something that's absolutely necessary quite often you see games that use meeples and they're all just the same sculpt but uh, just different colors but here they are unique profiles and colours, which is nice. Yeah, and it's always nice when you've got those, those like you said, those wooden bespoke types. Again, yeah. uh, akin to Root, where you have the separate meeples for different people, and they're very immediately you know, visible on, on the board. You can Yeah, there's no doubting group. which one is yours, yeah, who put what, where. Uh, not that you need to reference that particularly, but yeah, it's no. good to know what's mm-hmm. yours mm-hmm. for when you're regaining. Beyond that, you get a few tokens, which are scattered around for events that you can pick up uh, as as you play. 
And then, of course, you have four unique sculpts for your resources, which you pick up in various fashion throughout the these game. These are great quality. I it's, like these. It's nice. I like it. So rather than having, you know, big slabs of concrete or trees or, or whatever that you're going to build with, it's thematic with these tiny little wooden creatures. You have berries, which are the food that you use to hire critters. Mm. You have little pebbles or twigs mm-hmm. or little like globs of resin that you use to build all of the buildings because everything's super tiny. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. And these are really, really lovely. The texture of everything is lovely in this game. The berries are this I love the berries. Peculiar, rubbery, squidgy kind yeah. of texture. Yeah. That <laughs> you almost want to snack them. Satisfyingly squidgy yeah. without being completely rubbery. And you've got the pebbles, which are this kind of almost nice clacky kind of resiny texture, which are great. Um, feel very satisfying. The twigs are great. It's very wonderfully textured. It feels nice. feels natural. fits in with the theme. Uh, excellent production. Yeah, a great mm. job all mm. around on the, the design and artwork. Absolutely. So... Simon, how do you win a game of Everdell? You, and you would know. <laughs> Just won this one. I have edged this out in the closest game we've had for a long time. Yeah, it was 60, 60 to 59 to 57 around the table, which yeah. is quite an achievement in itself, I think. Close. Yeah. Um, it's a victory point race. Each of the cards that you pick up, which you create a tableau with, you get a total of 15 at most that you can put in your tableau, are worth somewhere between uh, zero and, I think, four points. Mm-hmm. So obviously you generally want to go for the ones worth the more points. That being said, some of them have a unique facility and an action on them, which means the card itself is worth nothing, yeah. but you can do something else with it. So sometimes it's worth filling one of your spots with a low yeah. point card it's, to get an action. It's interesting that you say race because almost sort of in theme with the very leisurely pace, you play completely asymmetrically from the other players you can finish the game at a completely different speed the first time we played i think both both wayne and i finished a good half an hour before simon (laughs) and ben this is true yeah Yeah. um you are not in a race at the end of the game you'll you'll total up everyone's scores but you're actually limited by the amount of space that you have in your town this is true the amount of resources that you can get and the number of actions you can take with the with the meeples that you have yeah it's interesting the game tends to end at the same time or, or similar times it's for be, everyone. Yeah, generally within a round or two, I've found. But yeah, as you say, Sometimes the first time we played it yeah, was a difference. Good, good amount of space. You do also pick... I suppose where the race comes in is that there's one-off unique event tokens that you can yes. pick up. And it's, 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 it's a first-come, first-serve, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I've got three of the five that were available. So it's the first to have three of a certain type of card, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the first to have one of each kind. Yeah, and you you've, got the, um, you've got a set of special events as well that are, that are uh, randomized every time you play, uh, which are similarly, they're, they're worth more points, but they're a bit more difficult to achieve. Rather yeah, than just generally I p- have a specific place and a yeah. specific critter, which don't necessarily always combo in the, the way you'd expect. Mm. But yeah, it's a, it's a good way of uh, doing it. Um, so that's generally how you do it. Some of the cards will get, have, a, again, a specific function that will say place a victory point token on here. And then yep. at a certain trigger, you will play the card and gain all victory point tokens currently stacked on there. But that's likely it. You get the paint points from events that you trigger first come, first serve. Otherwise, whatever's on the cards in front of you at the end of the game. Yeah, it's a, an interesting blend of worker placements resource management and tableau building yeah I, I love it I, th- I think it's got some really clever mechanics that are a standout for me from other sort of tableau builders 
Yeah. Uh, you know, ultimately, it's a bit of an engine builder. You need elements of an engine in order to be able to sustain resources to build mm-hmm. the buildings and hire the critters that you want. But it's got some very sort of clever little extra nuances in there that, that make the game really interesting for me. In contrast to many worker placement games, it does heavily lean on the resource management because you have such a limited number of workers. Yes. You will get them back, but it's not like uh, Manhattan Project where you'll have a stack more workers. Mm-hmm. Or even Razors of the North Sea, where you'll have one worker you'll continuously use all of the time. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, Dinosaur little... Island, you've got f- clear rounds where you go, yeah. okay, I'll, get, yeah. I'll put all of these out, a yeah. lot of choices, and then I'll gain them back. This one, you start with only two. Yeah. Two yeah. To and you'll have a maximum of four. So um, it's... Or, or five if you're not playing with the oh, creature true. powers. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So we played with the expansion today. You're going to be placing those workers around various spaces on the forest. Uh, or in the what's the main board so called? you in have uh, basic basic locations and forest locations the forest locations are the ones that are randomly drafted for each game that mm. are sort of strictly better than the basic locations but there's always there's a good sort of 12 15 different locations that you can you can take with your worker placement and like you say you might only have two three four workers for a given season so depending on the number of players it might be quite crowded the crowded nature of the worker placement element of this game comes from the asymmetrical timing because mm. not everyone will do their cleanup in between seasons after they've placed all their workers at the same time mm. and you may find that you have taken all your workers back but those spots that you want to act on afterwards are still occupied by someone who's dicking around yeah. still in spring yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a really really <laughs> interesting, interesting yeah. I think this is probably my first experience of a tableau building game quite like this it's not the kind of game I'd played really before. Nothing yeah. springs to mind of this nature. Yeah. So it's really interesting for me to try and work out, particularly with it being asymmetric as well, what kind of rate, what pace I'm playing at, mm-hmm. uh, watching what everyone else is doing, thinking, well, they've played both of their workers already in two mm-hmm. turns. Yeah. Does that mean I'm behind? Well, I'm not, I'm not necessarily behind. <laughs> because <laughs> no. It's not that you place your two workers and that's the end of your season. In between placing those workers, you know, you might place one and gain resources. Your next turn will then be spending those resources to gain yeah. a building on your following turn because of that type of building. And this is one of the things I really enjoy is that if you've got the right building for the right critter, you can just recruit yeah. them. I'm going to use the word recruit. Yeah. It feels the best way. So, yeah, um, it's got another very interesting mechanic that I wanted to talk about. Every construction, every building in the game has a corresponding matching critter. Uh, an occupant that will pair up with that building. Uh, They don't necessarily have sort of synergistic powers, but they tend to be along the same theme. If you build the building first, and then you get that critter, uh, you know, it's either available in the common draft for you to build, or for you to recruit, or if it's in your hand for Mm. you to recruit, you can then play the matching critter for free without having to pay for it which basically allows you to alleviate your requirements for some of the um, resource management. You don't have to it's get very, a, sh- a shed load of very resources. Very interesting, yeah. If you, yeah. Can, if you can pair things up, it saves you lots of time and resources. It's reminiscent to me of the Seven Wonders linked buildings and structures. Yeah, So you'll play yeah. something in, mm-hmm. and in later ages you'll get to play something for free if you've yeah. got the matching prerequisite building Um, and it's important to note in this game you will have an open draft of eight cards in what's called the meadow it's all of that is freely available for people to draft from if they've got the resources to play them when you uh, have the resources to play a card from the meadow generally speaking you're going to pay them and then immediately put 
that card into your tableau, which yeah. will take up one of the per- permanent 15 spots. Yeah. You will also have cards in your hand, and instead of playing something from the open draft, you could instead play something from your hand. Again, paying the resources and putting it permanently into your tableau. Yeah. If you think of the meadow like a like a river in poker, it's it's a common set of cards available for everyone in addition to the cards in your hand. Mm-hmm. So you, you always have potentially eight cards in hand and eight cards in the meadow. Lots of choices mm-hmm. of what you want to add to your... Uh, your version of Everdell next. Yeah. And on your turn, you do one thing. One thing. Again, Mm -hmm. I I always love games where you do one thing on your turn. Snappy, and you go, bam, I'm done, on to the next. That one thing may trigger other things, but typically it's you play a card and pay for it, or you place a worker. And and like we say, it's it's almost 50-50 split between worker placement and tableau building. Mm Mm-hmm. So um, whenever you run out of workers, you might still have plenty of resources to to build things or recruit critters and vice versa. You don't necessarily have to end your round, your season, Mm -hmm. uh, until you run out of resources. Yeah, and some of the cards that you then are able to play with those gathered resources allow you to refresh your card set maybe. Mm -hmm. Or if you pick up the Wanderer, you can draw three cards. So that's an instant boon. Some of the uh, spots around the board allow you to spend resource to gain more cards or vice versa you can burn your cards to get more resources mm-hmm. so you can kind of balance how you want to play it if, if you've got an engine early doors that gains you quite a few uh, resources it's in wanes to mm-hmm. start with every time you're picking up one thing you could pick up an extra thing yeah tom had versatility to uh, change I, one I, of the things he was picking up to another yeah so that was um that was the mole power because i was the moles whenever i would gain a resource by um, collecting resources from one of the spaces on the board i could instead take a pebble in you know in place of one of those resources meaning that i could access one of the building materials that's otherwise a bit of a pain to get yeah, because some of these, I mean, the pebble always stuck out to me. You can only, there's only one space to pick up one pebble in bit open rarer, play. Yeah. Uh, Twigs so are common, it, yeah. You know, the, the more expensive buildings, the ones that allow you to do better things need more. And, you know, the castle or the palace need a lot of pebbles. So if you're looking to play one of those cards, you want to get more pebbles. Yep. Having an option where you can pick up two of one thing and an extra pebble yep. at yep. your will. Mix and match is good. Super, super yeah. helpful. So Obviously, that's so kind of... Angles you may be, if you've got that type of power, it might slightly nudge you towards a certain type of play, but it otherwise just opens you up to say if you've got any number of resources, varying times of the game, yeah, you can just yeah. switch them out. So in addition to critters and constructions, the cards are color-coded. Uh, you have five different types of cards. The production cards, the green cards, trigger when you play them, and then they can trigger again at various times throughout the game, so they become big sort of parts of the engine, if you like depending on how well you time placing them, you could potentially get the benefit out of them several times. Uh, You have blue governance cards, which are sort of passive triggers that happen on a certain trigger. So, for example, I think, Wayne, you had the courthouse. Yeah, I had a couple of things. I had uh, a building that allowed me to take a resource whenever I built another building. Mm -hmm. And then I also had a critter that allowed me to get a berry whenever I had another critter. Yeah. Discounted additions to my tableau. Yeah, you get this sort of recurring loop of resources to keep yourself going. It was a slower start, but then when you got going, Mm. you could really ramp up because it didn't cost you much to to keep doing it. Exactly that. It was kind of the flow of the game as... Simon and you, Tom, were building and putting things out on, the, on your tableaus. I really didn't have much built, but I was amassing stacks of resources via yep, my, yep. my workers. And then eventually, I ran out of workers, but I had so many resources, I was like, okay, I can it's buy this several card. Turns I can buy that card. Yeah, yeah. do this. Mm. I can get that. And then this will trigger this. And that critter goes in that particular yeah, building. Yeah. So. 
So um, then you have the the little sort of tan explorer cards. They have a one-off effect when you play them and don't do very much else, but they tend to be slightly more powerful or slightly you know worth slightly more points than a production card that might trigger mm-hmm. more than once mm-hmm. uh you have the red destination cards which i see that simon hoarded massively <laughs> you say hoard they're open access <laughs> <laughs> well we had a we had an objective in the game here to have the most destination cards and simon took it to heart Yes, I took them. I would have built them regardless. I <laughs> genuinely paid little or no attention to the fact that that was one of the end game things. Yeah. Because what I kind of focused on, because it seemed to work well for me from what I remembered of the one other time we played, is building the building to then put the crystal in it for free. The, the pairing. Yeah, the pairing's yeah. very the pair, I think I did it six times. So, yeah. you know, that, that, that's six occasions where I don't need to spend two to three berries yeah. per yeah. crystal I'm recruiting. So that's. Yeah. A lot of turns saved, putting it down yeah. on the so, so pick the, up the berries. Um, Almost half your tableau is free. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, the destinations are special because they have a worker placement spot on them. They mm-hmm. do nothing when you play them, but they have a powerful ability that you can activate by placing a worker on it. So in effect, it's going to cost you two actions. It's going to cost you playing the card and paying the resource plus playing the worker on it and you get a powerful benefit. Uh, Some of them are also open so that other players can take that benefit by placing their worker on your look destination. But you get a little, you get a kicker, you get some victory points out of it. Yeah, that's an interesting, again, something that I don't see very much of, if any at all, is being able to play one of your workers on someone else's card. So you kind of have to stand up. I was stretching over to Wayne's and Tom's uh, layout a couple of times going, what is it that you can do? Because if I trigger this thing, I can copy something that you can do, or I can put one of my workers. On. So, what cards have you got yeah, yeah. that I can play? Do you on? have anything I can come and use in your town? Yeah, because yeah. I, I very, very early on, I built the mine, and then I put the mole in it for free. Mm. And the miner mole's option is copying an opponent's city. All right, well, what can you do? What can you give me? <laughs> yeah. What can I copy from your stuff? I'm sure it, it may well exist in other games. The only other game that I've seen that in, and I've mentioned it already is the Manhattan Project, where you can utilise spies to then go use your opponent's buildings. Right? Ah, so, I, I haven't played that for such a long time, yeah, I don't we'll, recall. We'll have to get it out for Weeplay. <laughs> I think we'll love it as well. It's yeah, a very yeah, good workplace. Okay. And again, it's a nice, interesting, unique ability, which I utilised a few times, actually, on, on Simon's Tableau. You did, yeah. You, I've still got one of your hedgehogs over there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of my hedgehogs is over there. Yeah. Uh, utilising that ability. Um, it's great. You can get a great bonus from it, and you don't have to build it yourself. Um, yeah, there's some really fabulous mechanisms yeah. in this game that really work together really well. I just love this approach. And again, I'm going to constantly reference the Manhattan Project because it seems to take quite a lot of things. Have, you have your own tableau in Manhattan Project as well. Which you do, yeah. yeah. You have an open draft. <clears throat> you have the ability to play on other people's things. The theme is totally different, and the way it's integrated is different. This is feels more resource-y. Uh, Manhattan Project is more engine buildy. Yeah. This is more resource this, management. This is surprisingly sort of tight resource very management. Tight, yeah. it, it's a very sort of relaxed and chilled-looking game, and I yeah. suppose you could play it in such a way as, depending on the type of player you are, not to worry about the resources. Yeah. But if you really want to squeeze everything out of every single action, yep. it, it's got a lot of very sort of like tightly interwoven mechanics yeah, I spent a few minutes, probably a bit longer than you guys would have preferred, just trying to look out throughout my turns going, 
how can I optimize this one? You know, it's, it's my it's my <laughs> last one worker. My last yeah, my last little tortoise. Where can I put it? That I'll get the most things out of. And I, for this turnaround, I had a unique thing where I could draw my own forest power. Only I could use it. So I was had one extra option every time mm, as well, which a special space no one else can go yeah, to. Yeah, which is quite interesting. They're re- relatively powerful, you know. It's like gain three resources, one of each type, or mm-hmm. gain two of this and one of this. And I'm thinking, well, you kind of have to look ahead. You look at what's in your own hand and what's on the yep. open yep. meadow board, where you might want to go to what what you've already got played out as well that might benefit. And go, okay, which of these. 16 spaces that are available is going to get me the best combination that then means on my next turn I can do this and on my following turn I can do this. Mm. So I get, you know, you're trying to th- always grind ahead of two, three mm. turns maybe mm. trying to work out. Mm. And and I think that's where a lot of the enjoyment comes from is it's it's not entirely independent of what everyone else is doing, but a lot of it is yeah, your it, own it, thing. It, it doesn't have an enormous amount of direct player interaction. It doesn't. Um, it's got, obviously, worker placement sort of um, area denial and action denial, um, yes. that sort of thing that, that's in most, you Typical, know, yeah, basically yeah. worker placement games, yeah. because most of the spots are limited, only one person can go there, yeah. but because of the asymmetrical timing, it always feels like if you block someone, it's actually sort of almost unintentional. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's That's, it's interesting. You don't necessarily hate draft in this game. It doesn't behoove you to do uh, no, it. So much. No, no, no. The there's, there's a few ob- things you you might steal. Yeah. yeah. The, the only yeah. obvious time I would have done it is to pick up the husband card that was out because you yeah. had the farm and the wife and the yeah. husband pairs perfectly. Yeah. But it wouldn't benefit me as much as getting it, something yeah. that yeah. benefits your yeah. flow better. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it doesn't really encourage. I say hate drafting or or, or directly contravening what someone else is doing. Mm. You're much more better served focusing on your own town yeah. um especially since resources are very tight mm-hmm. you, you and your your number of actions with your workers is very limited you 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 can't really afford to spend too much time messing around with other people correct because you'll probably fall further behind as a result and the game will end essentially once everyone has done as much as they possibly can you they get a, you get a year you yeah. get you get so yeah you, you start in winter and you go through um, the end of winter, spring, summer, autumn, preparing for the next winter. And the end of your season is typically denoted by having no workers left yep. and more often than not, having no resources and no further cards you can buy. We talked uh, obviously about the main actions that you take on your turn. The third action you like is is your round cleanup, your prepare yep. for season, you move to the next season, you take back your workers, but no one else does, yep. and you'll get a little benefit, whether that is reactivating all your green production cards again, mm-hmm. or getting some additional cards, mm-hmm. and then you'll get an extra worker or two workers, depending on the season as well, so that as the game goes on, the seasons become more and more complicated, and it, it becomes a, a case of juggling the resources you have with the space that you have left in your yes. town. As the town sort of gathers momentum and population, it becomes then a space, a, a sort of a space management yeah, as well. at the end of yeah, the game. Yeah, definitely. L- late game, I'm, I had one space left. I had 14 out, and I thought, well... You know, I'm looking at what's in my hand, what's on the board, thinking, who do I hire, basically? What's the, <laughs> yeah. what's the yeah. biggest yeah. point boost I can get for this one yeah. final spot? There's yeah. one, one more exactly seat on the bus. Yeah. And I think I did the best thing I possibly could have done, mm-hmm. uh, which is pick up the chip sweep. It was a green card. It allowed me to activate one thing in my city. The one thing in my city allowed me to gain three extra victory points. Yeah. In that, one yeah. that, game, actually. That was, yeah. you know, that was the that entire was, yeah, spread of points. It. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was the difference between third Super and first. Super critical. Yeah. 
Okay, let's talk about the theme and gameplay interaction. So, Tom, does the gameplay feel thematic, and does the gameplay work together with the theme? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I, the artwork, particularly on the cards, and the way the cards, uh, the pairing of the cards between the constructions and the critters, really sort of like evokes that idea that you're building a little village or a town and that the critters that you're bringing into the town are going to be the occupants of your town. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you save yourself resources at the same time, which is like an optimization mechanic, but it means that you end up with this sort of interesting pairing of critters and population for your various buildings that make up your town, which mm -hmm. I, I think is brilliant. And it's a really unique mechanic that I've not seen elsewhere where you can almost circumvent the cost of an entire category of card mm -hmm. by just playing the right card before it yeah i love burrowing down to this scale of uh, small woodland mm -hmm. design i think it works so well as we said in the art cards so evocative of the kind of time period it's almost victorian-esque in times in terms yeah, of its age that's right uh, but also then you've got this this woodland twist on it i think it's it's cute without being schmaltzy it's somewhat mystical magical whimsical you said yeah. um i think it's just plays together so well i love the styling of it and i love how it combines the play style as tom says the combination of well yeah you've got a chapel you'll get a shepherd who comes along and looks mm -hmm. after your your critters you've built a small post office where's what's going to be in the post office your postal pigeon naturally, well. <laughs> naturally. <laughs> you know you've got your in, you've got your innkeeper for your inn who then can encourage more people in for free he'll make space for you sure he will yeah. he's an accommodating innkeeper then, you know he'll go off and build another borough and you've got another inn available uh, there's some interesting cards with the ruins and so on that you can decide to level out a yeah. bit of your, your jiggery pokery um, remove cards to make space yeah mm -hmm. so yeah not everything's set in stone mostly once you've played a card it's there for keeps but there's a few good cards you know i've got the uh, university here which allows you to again remove a critter or a mm -hmm. construction Get regain their, their resources, resources yeah. deploy something else so it's that i think mine was a little bit more brutalist i had i built yeah, the dungeon and started arresting my own citizens to make space <laughs> <laughs> shuck them in the cells yeah yeah i didn't need that postal pigeon anymore he'd served his purpose yeah Exactly. He was delivering drugs. He goes to jail. Yeah. Drug, so, uh, drug muley. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it's a very Euro design, mm -hmm. right? So there's, the randomization is only in the card shuffle. Aside from that, it's entirely up to you what you do. There is a limited amount of... Sort of direct player direct interference. Direct player interaction. Yeah. And, and, yeah, exactly. No, mm -hmm. no messing, really. No take that element. It's very Euro design. And from that perspective, you could paint a few themes on it. The fact that it is this theme is wonderful, and I think it works great. But the fact that I'm thinking of the Manhattan Project when I'm comparing it to this game thinks, well, this could be nuclear war. But, but at the could same be, time, I be. think it's wonderful. And the thing that does take it the level above is the asymmetric seasons. And mm -hmm. Going from winter to spring to summer to autumn at separate times for the separate creatures at different times it, of the year. Yeah, it, it almost feels like you're playing your own game. You don't really care what everyone else is doing. You yeah, can sort of design. see what other people yeah. are doing. Yeah. But it's almost like they're doing their thing in parallel and you can just take your time. Build exactly. your town at the speed that you like. Tom, what do you think about the uh, gameplay flow? How's the turn length in this game? It's pretty good in general. The game board state with the meadow doesn't shift super quickly, and because there's a limited number of workers and everyone's only doing one thing at a time, you can quite easily keep up with what people are doing out of your turn. Yes. So, you know, typically when your turn comes round, 
because you're only doing one thing, it's normally pretty quick to decide. The game does become a bit more complicated later on if you've built cards that trigger off playing other cards and mm-hmm. various things. But typically your turn will be limited to doing one, maybe two or three things, and then that's it. You're done, pass it on. Mm-hmm. Nice and quick. Yeah, agreed. As you say, that you've not a limited choice in the scope of what you can do, but it's only one thing per turn, so it, mm-hmm. it flows around pretty quick. Yeah. As I said a bit earlier, late game, kind of looking for the best optimization. But in honesty, you're not going to be on your turn for more than a minute, minutes, yeah. two at most. And that's probably only if it cascades an effect that will affect a few different things at once. Or you're looking for whether you've met the correct criteria. You know, you've got 15 cards out with different icons on. Just having a quick count up of have I got one of each of these? Can I get the Flower yeah. Festival thing? Yes, I can. Yeah, okay. only really slows down right at the end where everyone's trying to make the most of the last sort of few rounds mm-hmm. and actions. Yeah, first because I hadn't played this for so long. The first couple of rounds, I'm like, oh, this feels too quick. Yeah. Oh, I almost I'm done. Felt, I'm in the next season. I almost <laughs> felt like I was doing it. Like, what, yeah. what have I missed? Because no. it, it, it goes around that quick. The, fir- the first, certainly the first season is typically only three or four actions it's very rapid, each. That's yeah. it. It's very quick. Yeah, I am on board with that. It's a very quick, rapid turn. It goes around very quickly, and you raise a very important point, Tom. Because the board state is relatively stable, and there are various options to do similar things to what you want to do, even if someone takes the exact yeah. space. And take the less efficient option. Yeah, it stops the immediate, oh, God, I've got to rethink my entire turn because mm. you did something. So it helps massage the turn length which mm-hmm. is really wonderful it's just a nice clean well, and, and you've always got a nice big design. draft of cards available you've got eight yeah, cards in the middle you've got potentially a hand of eight uh, you, you're always going to have quite a lot of You'll options, have a few options yeah. that you can go yeah and and several of them will be equally beneficial to you mm-hmm. so what do you think about the clarity of the rules uh, i think it's very good actually the the rule book is quite short and sweet You've only got critters and constructions, and there's only sort of five types of cards within those categories. The, the sort of the color coding is very obvious, and aside from a few sort of standout, slightly more complicated cards, most things are play a card, read what it does on the card, do that one thing. Okay, done. There are some slightly more complicated interactions, but it's not super complicated at all. Yeah, I've not read the rule book myself. I've had it. Uh, well described to me by Tom wasn't finding myself wanting for explanation really at any point other than just general lack of play to go and um, just remind me on this one okay yeah. yeah that makes sense and it was a single time ask the rule made perfect sense it was pretty much what I'd expect mm. the answer to be and as you say yeah everything is clearly described all the cards are quite clear meet this to meet this criteria you can play it or you get the reward for it it all works really well I think for me Yep, super clean, consistent design. When we talked about Brew and the beautiful work that they did with the rules there with the consistency of keywording, very yeah. similar here. Mm-hmm. You've got unique, you've got common. You have these things which are very specific meanings. Constructions, uh, constructions critters. Actually, everything's critter. bolded. It's it's bolded on the cards yeah, we as well. Same keywords thing. That, that mean exactly the same thing, so pretty easy to dive straight yeah, in yeah. once you understand those keywords. And once you've got that gameplay flow, it's super simple. So where would you put the complexity weight? I'm going to put this probably somewhere similar to Zia that we we played earlier. Probably somewhere between a three and a three and a half. I think there's plenty of depth to this. You're a little bit at the mercy of the cards that come out, but there are plenty of card draw mechanics, so you have plenty of room to sort of 
try and draft out a mm. useful combination of cards. Uh, there's a lot of, I think, quite deep options for engine building. Yep. And it's important to realize the balance between the actions that you can take and the time that you have um, and the resources you can generate with the engine building mm-hmm. and switching over to higher value cards in the limited space that you have left towards the end of the game. There's a very important sort of shift in the engine building point generating sort of yeah. balance. From, which, re- um, from resource generation which, to point generation. Which exists in, in almost every worker placement game, but I think it's very very well done here. Yeah, yeah you don't want to take one of the cards that gives you a good resource build within the last two turns because yeah. well, what are you going to do with yeah. the resources yeah. you've already just got your build cards build a load of production cards yeah. and yeah. you get there's to the end of the game and realise everything's yeah. only worth one point there's a definite like, tipping point right it's yeah. all the, a, 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 a sine wave kind of thing isn't yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah. As, as you suddenly realise that there's not much space left in your town you're like mm, can, I, can I burn down these these, these houses over here <laughs> yeah, and yeah, build yeah. something more, more beneficial where would you put the weight sign then yeah, I think it's definitely uh, three edging towards a four, but probably a three overall. It will depend on your familiarity with this kind of game. Yes. Um, I think if you're used to Tableau slash engine building games and resource management games, you'll get on with it a lot easier. For someone who's never played this kind of game, mm-hmm. it's quite a lot to take in. It is, yeah. There's a lot of different factors at play, particularly late game. You've got a lot of things to think about, mainly within your own... Uh, tableau but then you kind of your ongoing generation that being said it's not too hard to pick up it's just it's a slow one you need to be methodical with the way you mm-hmm. you learn the game uh, i had to take my time if i wanted to you know get through this at a clip i think i'd have missed a lot both in points and fun probably you know tying in with its theme of being yeah you, fairly, you could you could easily sedated. miss something and kick yourself later for missing it yeah, I Certainly. did that on one occasion. I could have taken a card, which I didn't, uh, simply because I had about 12 cards in play at that point, and I just hadn't hadn't yeah. refreshed my view of it. It's not that it wasn't clear on the card. Mm-hmm. I just hadn't taken my time to look yeah. at it. So, yeah, as I say, familiarity will always benefit you. Yeah, so I'd, I'd put this at a three, edging towards a four, if you're not familiar with this kind of game. I think that's uh, pretty much exactly right. Three, if you're used to worker placement games and games of the type. And, and probably closer to a four if you're not. Final thoughts. Uh, Tom, what do you like most about Everdell? And is there anything you don't like? I love the combination of the constructions and the critters and the way the pairing works to balance the resource management sort of equation in the game. I think it's uh, something that I don't see in other worker placement games. It's really mm-hmm. unique. And uh, it's one of the main sort of draws for me is not just looking for the cards that are worth the most points or necessarily the cards that help build the engine, but trying to draft out interesting combinations that let you play stuff for free to save yourself resources for later. Mm-hmm. You know, you took the words out of my mouth. It's the thing, it's one of the key defining, mm-hmm. almost unique, if not entirely unique factors, is that combinatory building and critter faction combo. I think it works supremely well and allows you to have such versatility and complexity within your gameplay. I think it's fantastic. Uh, Nothing shouts out as a negative. Um, As you say, the slightly randomised card draw, sure, it could be a small drawback, but I think there's a 
good degree of repetition. There's yeah, some unique there's cards, but yeah. really you're never going to be wanting. Although we did have three teachers out on the board at once, which is yeah. <laughs> that's, that's unusual. That I've not seen that. Yeah, before. it's not to say that the card in itself is bad, but when there's three of them and then two of another kind, you're like, okay, yeah. someone needs to refresh this. Mm-hmm. Which indeed one of the cards did, which was, was a good clear out, and we mm-hmm. managed to completely refresh the meadow board quite quickly. Um, that'd be only, my only small drawback, maybe the card frustration, but generally I think it's really good with that that comboing working very Mm -hmm, nicely mm -hmm. how about yourself i like how wonderfully integrated and smooth everything feels in everdell it's going to sound weird to say it but it plays like it looks it's got this smooth Mm. you know beautiful easy laid back kind of worker placement to blow game there's no stress with anything you whatever you want to do you can probably do it you know you've got that over there instead of me oh no problem i'll play this instead i'll still get points this way it just feels incredibly smart and is produced at such a high quality in a wonderful accessible design yeah can i change my mind yeah sure. my favorite thing about the game is the squidgy berries <laughs> <laughs> second favorite thing for me yeah squidgy berries. <laughs> so who is this game for tom uh, people who like squidgy berries that's for you yeah ah okay um <laughs> i think uh anyone who likes a worker placement game and a sort of a midweight euro uh, certainly, yes. um, people who like the cutesy artwork, who are interested in getting into slightly more complicated board games, mm-hmm. yes. And anyone who likes, I think, a, a worker placement game with a lot of sort of clever engine building, plateau building uh, mechanics as well. Yeah, I mean, a, a good range of people, I'd say. Um, someone who's looking for something quite different. Mm-hmm. If you're more of a card game player or a dice roller kind of game player... You know, in opposition to the sci-fi epic that we played uh, this afternoon, this yep. is much more of a, a bit more procedural, and that yeah. sound, might sound a bit odd, it might sound a bit dull, a bit formulaic, but I quite like procedural. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. means that, as you say, everything is smooth and transitions nicely. You're never yeah. frustrated or frantic about anything. It's mm. just, well, it's my go. I'll, I'll, it's almost like going for a walk through the woods. Yeah, I yeah. do. Yeah, um, going for a walk through the woods, exactly. It's, leisure, it's leisurely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it would suit a good range. It would suit a good age range as mm. well. There's nothing traumatic or bloody or anything of that, you know, yeah. compared to, we've said, Root earlier. Mm. <laughs> not that that's... Overly know, bloody. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not gory as such, but it's that, that's a bit more yeah. adult in its theme. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a good afternoon of fun for yeah. people who haven't tried this kind of thing. I'd, I'd happily give it a go with pretty much anyone. Yeah, it's a very, very accessible theme. Like you said, Tom, this is a, a great, almost exemplary example of a midweight Euro. So, final thoughts, Tom, on Everdell. Uh, I love the presentation, the artwork, the cards, the tokens, the squidgy berries. Um, <laughs> obviously, this is my game. I've bought an expansion for it. I think there are several other expansions, and I intend on picking probably all of them up at some point <laughs> to keep it fresh. It's something that I'm going to keep coming back to. I've played it a bunch of times and enjoy it every time. Yeah, only my play- second playthrough. Thoroughly enjoyed it again. It wasn't much work to pick up back up where we uh, left off. I wasn't finding it hard to to join back in. Mm-hmm. Probably just waxing lyrical yeah. now. It's a delight to look at. I will... I've just seen again the peddler, a little, uh, I'm gonna, is he a beaver? It must be a beaver. I mean, <laughs> yeah, any game that you can just lay out the contents of and go, yeah, that's cool. Oh, that that's looks cool. real nice. <laughs> oh, it's real nice. Even the backs of the cards are real nice. The uh, the badger and a little mouse standing yeah. on a bridge looking at the town. 
yeah it, it speaks to me on a number of levels and I, i'm yeah very yeah. very happy with it I will echo all of that. It is an exemplary example of a midway euro like we talked about. It is a beautiful design, great, wonderful theme, beautifully produced as well. I just want to put an extra rubber stamp on that. The production of this game is first rate, top notch, well worth your investment and is uh, brilliantly replayable. Thanks for listening to Board Stupid. Subscribe to us for updates and to get future episodes of the show delivered directly to your ear holes via your favorite podcast service. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram.com forward slash Board Stupid UK, spelt B-O-A-R-D, and at our home, anchor.fm forward slash Board Stupid. Don't forget, B-O-A-R-D. If you like our content, do us a massive favor, give us a five-star review wherever you can review us, and share the links to our episodes on social media. If you've got any feedback, comments, or questions, stick it in the comments below because we love to hear from you. Have you played Everdell? What do you think of the clever construction and critter pairing rules? Do you love the cute thematic artwork and that 3D tree? Thanks for listening. We'll catch you again real soon. Here, birdie, birdie. Got fairies. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> Many other options just going. Kakar, kakar. Well, I wanted to avoid the kakar. Kakar,